With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Sorry for Asking. Sorry for Asking. I'm Cole Connor. And I'm Adam Ramsey. This is where we talk shop, ask questions, tell stories, and laugh some laughs about being creators, as well as consumers of adult content. We love watching too. We certainly do. We also discuss the impact adult films have had on us, on our guests, and on the LGBTQ community. So strap on and strap in. And here we go. Hello, welcome back to Sorry for Asking. I'm Cole Connor. I'm Adam Ramsey. Hi, Cole. Hi. How are you doing? Ah, so good. Yeah. Yeah, so different. Oh, so different from the last time. It's It's been a long February. Yeah. (laughs) cool thank you all for coming back for episode two of our new season season three we're so happy to be back and doing this i've missed you even since the last episode yes (laughs) it's been it's been too long too long yes i'm just ready for more and finally uh we are here with the first guest of our new season this mysterious multi-hyphenate to my left, Mr. Rocky Unleashed. Hi. Hi, Rocky. I have so many questions. Oh, well, please, let me have a, like, don't, and no need to apologize for well, asking. Okay, great. First of all, how <laughs> well, you doing? we're not really apologizing. We're not really apologizing, yeah. I was like, sorry, not sorry for <laughs> sorry, asking. Sorry, not sorry. Oh, uh, okay. But, like, sometimes sorry. <laughs> you know. You'll, you'll know. Sometimes you'll know when it's... I'll be like, mm. sometimes, Yeah, exactly. Sometimes Ooh. it's none of our business. Yes, yeah. that's right. And, <laughs> and that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point. <laughs> How are you doing today? That is none of your business. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm doing very well. Thank you for thank you for having me. Yeah, thank How you so you much for doing? joining us. Um, doing great. Yeah. It, 2024 has been off to a good start, I would say. Uh, yeah. How about you, Cole? Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. I feel on top of my shit. Mm. I feel like I'm feeling energized. Mm-hmm. We're past that like holiday funk of January. Uh, like January felt really long to me. It I don't felt know. so long. Yeah. I don't know if it did to you. I don't know. You know? Everything feels feels ev- like everything. It feels like long and then also it goes yeah. by so quickly. Well, like, I think time is just sort of stacked on top of itself now. I don't really feel it linearly anymore yes time is a construct anyway right yeah Yeah. what is long i feel like i feel like when it feels like time is moving slow i'm like thank god i can like catch up if it's going by fast i'm like shit i'm not doing anything yeah (laughs) you know i feel like february is going to feel shorter than even even with a leap year even with a leap day, I feel like February is going to feel shorter than January did. And then before we know it, it's going to be March. And Are you making that prediction right now? Yes. <laughs> like, we'll come back at the end of February and be like, so? Well, technically, this episode is airing at the end of February. Oh. So, uh, enjoy your leap day tomorrow, everybody. Well, February went by really fast. <laughs> really, really it's fast. Already- <laughs> it's over. It's already over. Wow. Uh, cool. Well, Rocky, 
I've known you for, I want to say, like nine years. I can't remember when or where we met, but I want to say it was in San Francisco. I remember when the first we both time lived I there. saw you. I, I, I love these stories. We did technically meet, but um, I believe I was whisked out that night with uh, our friend Colin, and we were in the Castro, and I believe you were bartending at... Was it Moby Dick? Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun, yeah. <laughs> um, and you're like, it was... That was the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very close. Um, and yeah, I you were you were attending bar. I was introduced to you. Yeah. I thought you were hot. I was like, who's that? And you were busy bartending. So I don't know that you really like registered right. as a person. Right. Not yet. Not yet, at least. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? This is only the beginning. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Yeah. And here we are. Cool. Here we are. And like now it took, I mean, I think I, at that point I had just kind of started my adult film journey as well, right before I moved to San Francisco and I had moved there for a counseling internship. So the bar thing was just kind of like side hustle. But like when you're in San Francisco, they're all side hustles kind of, yeah. I guess, yeah, everything I guess everything, hustle. same thing <laughs> in LA. Yeah. Uh, right. But you're fairly new to the adult film. Yeah. When did you start? Era. When did you start? Yeah. I suppose I started in earnest in August of last year. August, August of, of last year, Okay, mm-hmm. so that's like only eight months or yeah. something, six months. I don't even think it's that. Well, about about six, almost six months. Yeah. I remember being like surprised that I was. I've seen you around for a while, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. We've never talked about. <laughs> we've yeah. never talked about that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really talk yeah. to many people about it before I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it'll be it'll be revealed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As, and and yeah, I feel does. like you're at at the time of this recording. You were just on the eve of reaching a hundred thousand followers. I feel like that was really fast on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Twitter. I yeah, am, I am just on that. That I mean, by the by the end of February, who knows? Who where, knows? Where you might jump up be. even more. Oh my gosh! You just never know. I mean, it is a leap year, so it may might. <laughs> know what you said? You have an extra day for business. Yeah, yes, exactly. yes, that's right. Um, yeah, I, I I grew from. I think I had I had about three k. Uh, in August, yeah. so from then to now, it's it's been a nice sort of steady mm. growth trajectory. How the has the journey been for you? Because it feels like it's really f- like a lot's happened in this short amount of time, which is part of why I wanted to talk to you about it and like where this all kind of came from. Sure. How has it been? Sure. In a word? In in several words, if possible. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been really interesting. Yeah. You know, like I I've I've had a lot of really cool experiences and met a lot of interesting people and i think you know part of what got me into it it's all it's always been something i've been curious to explore just take more of my sexuality my sexual expression and bring it more to the forefront of what i sort of offer and contribute to the world like artistically and otherwise but it's also you know as it is it's been something where just mentally there's been a lot of obstacles around that and kind of conditioning around like the order of op- like can I do this and still do other things and how does this impact this and um, you know I taught yoga for many years and I had a, a strong sense of, sort of responsibility that I felt towards my students and people that 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 trained with me and that, that worked with me and I wanted you know I, I was just always kind of running the algorithm in my mind of like how everything could fit and I reached a point where it's a longer story, but in sort of my surrender into my own intuition and just what actually would feel right for me and not so much what I thought was appropriate uh, for everybody else's perception of me. And, yep. and mon- um, I reached this point where I was like, 
I need to do this for myself if for no other reason that I need to affirm to like my mind that I'm not making decisions based on what other people think anymore. I'm making decisions based on what feels feels instinctively correct. Yeah. And this was something that every time I checked in with myself around it, it felt correct. Wow. To kind of, you know, well dive said. into. Yeah. That's yeah, great. I can relate to that. Definitely. Yeah. Same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a big part of it. I, I wasn't even really planning to go on the adult film journey until I actually was studying psychology. Hmm. Like it was, it was in my graduate psych program. It was an LGBT focused psychology program mm -hmm. where, and I was approached at the time to do a scene for scene for raging stallion. And of course I was like, no, I couldn't do that. Especially if I'm going to be a therapist eventually, sure, like, yeah. which was the plan yeah. at the time. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized 90% of a graduate program in LGBT psychology, we talk about sex. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was like, this would be such a cool, like almost like a flex. Like I was just like, this feels very punk rock. It feels very cool mm -hmm. to like maybe actually really just dive in and get to the heart of, right. you know, my own sexuality by just putting it way out there. Yeah. And it's been so interesting. And like, here I am 10 years later, and now I'm talking about it on a podcast, which I feel like kind of fulfills the mission statement that I had mm -hmm. from the get go, you know, starting while in that program. Totally. So I wanted to have you on here because I knew you'd have a very thoughtful approach mm -hmm. to like getting into it. So, so if you don't mind, let's go back a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear just kind of, you know, just your background about how you grew up, where you grew up, mm -hmm. um, coming to terms with your own sexuality in general. And just what your experience was with adult content and if it affected who you are. We'll start we'll start one by one. I know mm -hmm, that's a lot mm -hmm. I'm throwing at you, but like where did you grow up? How did you grow up? What was it like I being a young Rocky? I grew up um I'm still incredibly young. Oh so well. I, you don't yeah. And you look it too. Thank, thank you. <laughs> did you almost say you don't look I, it? I just corrected myself. It's so funny, you don't look I it. corrected Oh my myself. god. You look old. Jeez. Um my co-host. No, I mean, I actually don't know your age. No, Speaking of that, this is a new practice. I just want to put out there. I'm no longer asking people how old are you. What are you asking instead? What is your age? Oh, um, I am 37 years. Oh, I wasn't even age. really asking you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but it. yes. Okay, 37. Great. I just think it's a nice practice to ask people what is your age rather than how old are you because then we take the word old out of it. I'm trying to think. I ha recently I was out and I like I wish I remembered the context of it but someone was there was like somebody it was like a bar whatever there was somebody <laughs> that was like a little that was tipsier than I was that was like chatting me up and like how like how, let me guess how old you are let me guess and I was like yeah that'll probably go well yeah and then um <laughs> and he was like uh, I'm gonna say 64 43 <laughs> wow. I'm like 41 but next time round wave, down you, you yeah go down by five years five yeah. years, yeah, yeah. Five yeah. years. Maybe, that's what, a good whatever one whatever <laughs> you're gonna say five years younger and then I don't have to give you shit for the yeah. rest of the night about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's smart. How many how many revolutions around the sun have you <laughs> That's uh, a good one too. been privy to yes, observing present the, for this this movie of reality. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Mm. Um, I so was now <laughs> yes, 37. I, I was um so I was 37 years ago. Yes. I <laughs> I plopped out um in Berkeley, California. Uh, I was raised in kind of half in the Bay Area, in the East Bay, Alameda, Oakland. And then when I was nine, my, I moved with my mom. I'm an only child. And I was raised uh, by 
a single mom. Uh, we moved to the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas, a small town called Sonora up near Yosemite. Hmm. It's about like two and a half hours directly east from the bay. My grandmother lived up there and, you know, so we were going up there often. And my great grandmother at the time. So we were going up there often um, for like, you know, family trips and holidays and stuff. And yeah, my mom was wanting to, I think growing up in the Bay Area, being a single mom, she was worried, you know, about me and not having like, you know, eyes on me and, and having to work and, and just wanted me to have an upbringing. I think that was closer to nature and more, you know, safer. And so we ended up moving to Sonora. I went to middle school and high school there. I I had a good upbringing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I was restless growing up there to kind of get out and get into, you know, the big city or just get to a place where there was more people that looked like me. I mean, I was like the black kid in town and I'm okay. half. So it was, and I think certainly it was a struggle for me to kind of find, well, you know, I say at the time it felt like it was a struggle to kind of like figure out who I was. But looking back, I actually had... I had so many wonderful experiences with my friends and, and I, grew, I started doing theater when I was uh, 12. There was a, there is a, a very solid like professional regional theater company in Sonora. So we had a lot of actors and performers coming in from the cities, a lot of queer people coming into, you know, work. And so I was able to find community there. And that was what informed like my move to LA was to initially study acting. I moved here when I was 17. Wow. That's young. Yeah. Yeah, you moved to LA when you were seventeen mm-hmm. from Sonora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I uh, went to an acting school here, and that was you know I came out shortly thereafter, mm-hmm. and also so I started playing music at that time around nineteen twenty. I decided to do a, a yoga teacher training, which was sort of something I found once I was living here, just as as many people do, as a way of just staying grounded and staying sane, being a young person trying to figure out himself in Hollywood and and enter into the industry and all that. And yeah, there's a lot more to the story, but once I once I kind of had music and songwriting and, and teaching yoga as things that really captivated and interested me, it kind of opened up the spectrum of possibility for me about places where I could live and be fulfilled creatively. And mm. so I always kind of danced between those three endeavors, you know, performing and, and uh, songwriting and, and teaching. I did call you a multi-hyphenate for a reason, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that uh, yoga was the the thing for me that kind of took off the most, and you know, it's 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 a practice and a, a a discipline that requires such devotion. I mean, everything does, but it's sort of baked into the the practice itself is to really devote yourself to to the sadhana, to the practice of yoga. And an extension of that for me was teaching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful. I had I I got to travel the world and teach online and live in lots of different places and, and connect with incredible community. And uh, I learned so much about myself and my body and people uh, from from my years as a yoga teacher. I talk about it like it's in the past. I still am available to teach <laughs> yoga. It's not like I've made a decision not to. But I think uh, over the last couple of years, I became more interested, I think, in teaching or in leading, not so much by telling other people what to do or being a leader for others, but really uh, dialing down into what it means to really lead myself, to take all these practices and these things that I spent so many years teaching other people and really invest in them for myself and use them to kind of navigate life. And uh, I feel like what we're going through on this planet right now and what we're all experiencing, whether we have, can put words to it or not, is such tremendous change and mutation and shifts in the way that we operate that 
yeah, I think like we're all being asked to really dial down, dial in very deeply to what it means to be like our most authentic self and to like listen to our own intuition above anything else. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the, where the transition for me happened from teaching others to really taking this ride of like following my own intuition and, and, and using everything that I learned to kind of empower and sustain me through this current chapter. This and current are you journey. saying this is specifically manifesting in your current content creation journey? Yeah, okay. for sure. All right. Yeah. I think like to be self-led, you know, to, um, right. To navigate spaces where there's not sort of clear, like, I mean, all the things that we kind of were raised to, to believe about how life works. Like, you know, you follow these rules and you adhere to these, um, sentiments and you, you know, you do this, you do that. And it equals this like American dream, I suppose, whether or not that ever was true, it's certainly not true now. And I think that we all have to find our own kind of internal compass to move through life as ourselves, regardless of what industry you're in. But I think this is one I found that to be very true of this kind of work. And Oh yeah. I've never really been able to get fully into yoga Maybe he, have you? Do you have you? Um, I do yoga stretches as much as possible, but I, I don't do yoga classes. I always like. I'm, I always say I should, and every time I do it, I'm glad I did. But the classes for me would always get frustrating because it it was always so hot and sweaty, and they're asking you to like hold as if I'm not sliding all over myself. Like it actually like hold some kind of pose, right? But maybe. We should do a YouTube video <laughs> where he, where Rocky, where we do a yoga. takes us through. Yeah, uh, I I would do that. <laughs> I'd let Rocky teach me anything, yeah. um, or lead anything rather by example. <laughs> but uh, before we get into the avenues of how that all kind of came to be uh, in these latter years, uh-huh. how did your queerness kind of come into play during this uh, these early? parts of your experience when did you kind of start realizing that part of yourself how was it living with a single mom no siblings Mm -hmm. in a kind of remote part of california Mm -hmm. you know i give my mom a lot of credit because i think she always she's always been in support of whatever it was that i was interested in you know if she saw that something was genuinely lighting me up and i had a knack for something or i wanted to learn more about something she really did what she could to like advantage that for me, like mm-hmm. to, to make that uh, available to me. Um, and also to kind of encourage me to be self-reliant in that, you know, she didn't do it for me, but she kind of showed me how I could um, explore that. And I think, you know, a lot of the things that I was interested in perhaps could be sort of signals that this is probably a, a little gay boy, um, you know, it's like doing musical theater and playing dress up and what's gay about that. Right? <laughs> that was what I was saying. And I was like, you mean you're not into this? Right. But so I think, I mean, my, my first kind of exposure to the possibility that I was gay was through porn. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Tell Relatable. us about it. Tell us about it. But at the same time, I mean, I had, you know, I had girlfriends in high school and mm-hmm. I, I thought that I was in love with them. You know, I was very passionately, like, I've always been... I'm like a nerd for relationships and like human connection and mm-hmm. like, you know, finding yourself through the other and this whole thing. So I think I, I've, I have sincerely had love for so many people regardless of their gender. And I, I didn't, it was almost like I didn't want to come out as, as, 
as gay until I knew for sure. And I, gr- growing mm-hmm. up in a small town, I didn't really have opportunities to experiment and to see. Like, yeah. is the thing that turns me on watching it, you know, in porn, is that actually something I'm going to actually enjoy doing? Right. And so, you know, my kind of like practical mind, I was like, I'll, I'll wait till I can move to LA and then I'll be able to experiment and then I'll be able to see, like, what is my true sexual preference, you know? Mm. And so I moved here and, and I started going out, you know, to like Tiger Heat and, what a rage and like the yeah uh, eighteen over clubs, and um, I had like zero game of course, and I had no idea what I was doing, and I, I don't think I really even had any sexual experiences. But after like you know several months of every time I was going out, it was like makeup and glitter and crop tops. I'm going to <laughs> to these these gay clubs to like try to to make something happen, to have some experience. I was like, okay, this seems to be what I'm. In pursuit of, you know, this is these are the experiences I'm wanting to have, and so that's probably my my preference. So well, I came out. Do you remember the first gay porn that you watched, or any porn? Or really? Any porn? Like, what was your first exposure to it? I'm trying to remember if I like. I feel like all of this, all the the scenes that are like etched in my mind. Um, and I know that they're there because even now, like when I'm trying to come, like these certain scenes will just come back to yes, me. That they're I, formative, flashing. aren't they? They're so formative, yeah. yeah. And sometimes I'm almost like, get out of here! Like I don't <laughs> want. It's not what I want to like need to think about. It's like so, um, like yeah, so formative. Um, but I watched a lot of Falcon porn. That was definitely what I think I gravitated towards the most. Falcon and Bellamy, of course. And uh, do you remember some names? Um, of performers, yeah, I loved I loved Tom Chase as a top. I feel like he was a very passionate and um, he was a Falcon top. Mm-hmm. I want to look him up. I don't. It's not sounding I don't familiar. Remember. Yeah. No, Tom oh, Chase. shout out to Tom Chase. Oh, I'll be doing research. <laughs> yeah. We will be yeah, <laughs> his stuff. Uh, who else? Who else? Aiden. Uh, these are just. I literally just remember these names from searches. Okay, there was Tom Chase. Aiden Shaw. Oh, of course. Yeah. Was it Michael Branson? Michael Branson or Michael Brandon? Maybe Brandon. You know, Michael Brandon was in San San Francisco for like a really long time. I want to make sure we're Um, talking about the same person. Maybe. Him. Him. (laughs) Um, Jeremy Jordan. Jeremy Jordan. Yeah. Tristan Paris. Wow. You're really good with these names. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know any of these guys. You don't know Aiden Shaw? Aiden Shaw. Not, Aiden not, Shaw. Nothing comes to mind. He's one. He was one of the biggest ones, and he's actually got a. F- I think he's still fairly active as like a Is model he? right now, not as a porn actor, mm-hmm. but he's he's he looks very different. He's I'm got sure. this like super wavy, long salt and pepper hair and like a big beard, mm-hmm. and he's doing like campaigns and like nice clothes and stuff like. He's transitioned to a <laughs> nice clothes, uh, a mature model, <laughs> <laughs> legit. As performers in the adult industry, we get asked all the time about tips on how to perform like a porn star. And what says porn star more than a big load? Right, Cole? Right. Introducing Popstar, the only doctor-formulated men's health supplement that is guaranteed to up your porn star game. This bad boy will make your cum taste pineapple sweet. But we're not just talking about taste here. Popstar is also formulated to give you massive loads that make your orgasms feel volcanic. Designed by Ivy League trained doctors, Popstar contains only the highest quality ingredients and is backed by scientific research to maximize your bedroom experience. Even better, it's vegan, non-GMO, and safe to take every day. So why wait? 
Get your hands on Popstar today. Visit popstar.com and save 20% on your first order with code SORRY20. Popstar. Bigger loads, better taste. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's other names I could come through, but yeah, those are the guys that I would usually search for. Yeah. LimeWire. So know. we, we talk about this a lot. Oh, LimeWire. Oh yeah. A lot of people last season would talk CDs. about Kazaa. Yeah, yes. Kazaa, <laughs> LimeWire for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Bit oh, you had CDs porn. that you would uh, burn, burn. Oh yeah. Oh, I had a, yeah. I had a, could a, you find porn on a CD burner? Uh, I thought Napster was only music. No, it became. I'm sh- I'm pretty sure that Napster and Kazaa were like the first okay. two that I. <laughs> yeah, I knew Kazaa and LimeWire is how I found like porn that I wanted to download, and like you mm-hmm. know, it was, you know, we Cole and I have spoken a lot on this podcast in the past about starting out watching straight porn mm-hmm. like that we were mostly exposed to that mm-hmm. but then over time especially with like you know when the internet became more of a thing that's where we found well i guess my searches stuff. my searches were usually for the straight guy performers yeah. so i know all yeah. their names right. you know yeah. what though I'm, I'm reminded like the memory's coming back uh-huh. that you're saying this there was I, I couldn't tell you his name but there was a maybe it was something palmer there was a a, a porn actor that did both he mm-hmm. did straight and gay porn. Yeah, and I simultaneously. Th- he made Matt Matt Ramsey, Peter North. Well, there was the, there was definitely that. So we've talked about that a lot. Where there was um there was a there is a straight porn actor, Peter North, who uh-huh. used to do gay porn as Matt Ramsey. Oh no, I think he did them both at, at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah, I thought you meant like was he recording both scenes at the same time? Oh no, well that would no. be really impressive. <laughs> um, Astral projecting <laughs> goals. Um, <laughs> but I, I that might have been like the bridge for me because I remember there was one scene that. I, that I like when I think of my days watching straight porn I remember I remember this scene where this woman was getting what's the technical term for titty fucked oh that's the we'll we'll go with that yeah um (laughs) and breast fuck yeah (laughs) breast fornicated yes exactly Um, (laughs) and yeah I think he was the he was the the top he was the the dude in the scene and I think I had like searched his name because I that you know, I was like, oh, I like this guy's style, and then I found that he had gay porn. I was like, oh, I'll check this out. And then, did your you. mind melt when you found that? Because that's kind of what happened with me when I, when I, you know, as somebody who, as a t- young teenager, was like jacking off to all these Peter North scenes, uh-huh. like with women, uh-huh. to come upon. Like as a yeah. as a sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old to come upon to scenes realize. of him getting fucked in the ass by dudes mm. in the eighties mm-hmm. with big dick. W- yeah, <laughs> like he for some reason like for for being a for being a big dick like big coming straight porn actor, <laughs> he was mostly a bottom in his gay scenes, and okay. it just made my mind melt. Like I was just like I can't believe this. It was like it was like finding gold. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I kind of wish that I had seen that. I feel like that would yeah. have been actually I can send you the one. Well, no, uh, <laughs> I mean in my is, formative years. Uh there is uh there's one where he's like a teacher. Yes. And he's like getting he's Take upset with the dick. student and the student fucks him yeah. like on the desk. Like on the, you know, those uh-huh. desks that are all connected. What are they? Yeah, the the, the like, <laughs> like the a arm sectional. desk ones. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 Like, and then he's like, just like. <clears throat> it just, it just <laughs> made it in a weird way. It made me feel like okay. Uh huh. That like you know one yeah. day it was gonna be okay to come out because like if this guy who's like a star in the straight porn world is getting fucked, 
clearly he is something he's like kind of ashamed of and doesn't really talk about now but i mean it's, but at that time it was kind of like really cool yeah. that someone who did gay porn not only transitioned to straight porn but was like huge at it uh-huh you know it was like exciting it was an exciting thing to find well i think it's always it's always for me as well like it's cool when you have these ideas in your head of like you know if you do this you can't do this you know and so when you right. see somebody that is that breaks that is a multi-hyphenate or that, that is a multi-hyphenate in, in areas that you didn't think could cross over oh I'm all about that yeah versatile yeah. I, I've been telling people lately like I feel like you know I tried to kind of figure out for years like what's my brand is it like yoga and spirituality or music or now, now adult film like, and I realized I think my brand is just versatility all of them yeah it's that's me. my thing like, you know it's it's up to the audience to kind of look for what the through line is because that's it's just me yeah you know but whatever people kind of reflect back is the thing that they see across all the different things of what I do that's what I do are you verse totes (laughs) yeah are you actually wondering I feel like I've only seen you topping in videos well then you haven't seen my whole catalog of videos guess not yeah okay I I would say I would say I'm a verse top I think that sounds do people like seeing you top more you know I don't know I just ran up like a poll on my OnlyFans of what everybody's favorite collabs have been that I've done and the ones overwhelmingly that have the highest voting average are all the scenes where I am flip fucking really yeah but I mean also that's going to be for the people that are that do want like to see me get fucked then that is going to be the more popular option it sounds like you're coming to terms with yourself before all this started there wasn't a lot like there was not a lot of shame really coming into who Rocky is as a sexually active young man who likes mostly being with other men yeah did you have kind of uh, a tough time coming out a tough time coming to terms with yourself you know i don't think i've i've never personally felt shame i think what i have felt is it must be nice well no i don't mean not like ever in my life i have certainly <laughs> felt shame but i think what i'm coming to realize is what i have felt is i am very empathic and i'm very i, I feel very deeply other people's response to what to what i do and so i think i definitely you know even teaching yoga for many years it was like i could feel being somebody that was seen as being kind of nice and accessible and safe and you know zen and chill like you know come to rocky and he can sort of like help you feel calm and centered like that helped me because I could feel the chaos energy around me and I, I wanted everybody around me to be calm so that I could feel calm and I could feel safe. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's part of why I, I went with Rocky Unleashed. Like it was sort of an affirmation to me that, you know, I'm not going to like resist or suppress my power, my sexual energy, you know, however that manifests, not just through sex, but just through it, how I inhabit myself because I'm afraid of it making waves. Um, in people's like reaction to what I'm doing that then I'll feel. So I think it was less shame. It was more a fear of like being too disruptive Mm. or too stimulating or too triggering or too whatever, like just feeling, feeling the backlash of people's response to to doing it was what was more Hmm. intimidating for me. I see. Yeah, it does actually. I can be shamed. You know, people can put ideas in my head and then I have to ask myself like, do I believe that to be true? Mm -hmm. Because if I don't vet all the ideas that run through my head, I'm very open-minded and you can plant some pretty, (laughs) pretty shameful, terrible things in my mind that will just run on a tape and I'm, you know. Yeah, yeah, if somebody points something out about you that you don't like, 
he could be like, oh. Or I, points I like it out that? as like, it's something that should be disliked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think with this journey in particular, like I had to get clear that my intention in everything that I do, like if I am going to be teaching anything, I do see myself as a teacher, but not in the sense of like, come to me, I'll teach you. But like how I inhabit myself and how I move through something is an example, you know? And I want to yeah. be an example of how to love yourself and how to stay in integrity with, with what's correct for you and how to be, you know, how to be authentically you and how to move through things, like how, how to move through things in integrity and, and, and in a way that's respectful to your own body and to other people. And, you know, I think if I was to waver from that, like that's where the shame would come in. That's where the like, I think had I gotten into this any sooner, right, when I was any younger, I don't know that I would have had that kind of right inner fortitude to like know and grace to know how to like move through something like this. That's, yeah. That was like I I came I started doing porn at like thirty eight mm-hmm. so like almost same age as you mm-hmm. and I definitely felt like man I'm glad I didn't do this when I mm-hmm. was yeah. twenty two mm-hmm. you know yeah and I mean I'm very impressed like with a lot of these young guys that are doing it that are so that do at least seem so like self assured and mm-hmm. so it takes you know such a, a boldness and a courage and also like a transparency and openness like. A lot of the skills that we that we prop up as being like admirable human qualities, yeah. I think, it actually really are, are required, you know, to move through this in a way that's sustainable and, and like hmm. healthy. I think also for me there was talking about like being a multi hyphenate or this idea of like <laughs> being totes verse in th- all regards. Yeah, in all regards. I think when I was younger, there were a lot of things that I felt inside I needed to prove to myself or to the world or to others that I could do. And the fear was always if I also do any like adult film work, or, you know, or even just more kind of overtly share of myself as a sexual being that will distract or take away from the ability for me to be anything else in other in people's minds than this. And so it wasn't that it was strategic, but I do realize like I am already those other things in people's minds. Mm. So coming into it on the other side of those things sort of creates a different almost like a different geometry of like how I'm I'm stepping into this world because you sort of have to hold space in your mind for all you don't have to you can do whatever you want but like those other parts of myself are already out they're already on display they're already in the public record and so i don't feel like i have to push really hard to like prove that i'm you know do you find more that this or more than that do you find that it is landing with not only your audiences and your consumers in the way that you intend, but also with some of your uh, scene partners and co-creators. Can you, so like you're saying, you're telling me that, you know, you see yourself as kind of like, you know, you want to lead by example. You want to kind of put yourself out there in Mm -hmm. this way, in a way that shows that, you know, you can own your sexuality and like just who you are in these many different ways. Mm -hmm. And so now here you are, you're on camera, you're putting out content you are showing yourself to be this sexually open being and your your approach to it is way more than i like fucking guys and i want to make money mm-hmm. like there's way more to it is it landing to your audiences that way is it do you feel like people are responding to you in a way that's much more than wow hot mm-hmm. here's some money like instead they're like love what you do see what you're doing see who you are thank you for what you're teaching me about myself. And this could be for your audiences uh-huh. as well as the people that you work with. Uh-huh. They can also give me money too. Like it's not one of the, I mean, it is, it very much is. Let's just be like, real uh, about for that. The compliment. Yes. Did Open you your wallets. Also, <laughs> um, yeah, 
for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what's been the most rewarding part of it for me. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not that I I don't claim to be an example of anything. For, I mean, for any for many people, I'm an example of what not to do. I mean, people people see me doing this, and I'm sure they're like the part of them that thought, like, you know, I wonder if I could ever do this. Then they see me doing it, and I'm sure they're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. You know, like <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't claim to like be demonstrating anything that anybody should do other than do what feels right for you. Right. And if there's something that you feel you're being led to that your mind is telling you you can't do, you know, for whatever reason, like, is it okay to do that thing? You know, try that thing out, whatever, whatever that is, you know, and I think uh, that's what is, I guess, most rewarding in terms of impact is like people telling me that seeing the way that I am living or the way that I, you know, all the different, the artistry that I attempt to bring into everything that I do inspires them in some way to live their own life more skillfully or like totally. with, with more richness or like savor, you know, their, whatever it is that brings them satisfaction and, and to, and to, you know, move through the shame attached with that. So much shame around pleasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and even just the pleasure of being yourself, Yes, you know, and so much trauma around this idea that it's not safe to be who you are and right. that you need to exchange the sacrifice of your authenticity for your survival. Come on, Adrian Marie Brown. Have you read Pleasure Activism? No. Oh, I think you'd like it. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then of course, just like everything going on in the world and just the horrors that we have to bear witness to every day. And, you know, from our own country that like, you know, is, is supposedly built upon certain morals and values I think that we all agree with and we all share, but then we have to watch on the world stage where like none of those values are being upheld, you know, so then we have to be the ones to kind of hold them up. Right. Yeah. I just, I feel like contextually it's like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, like if, if anything, I'd rather be a beacon of what it means to like savor and enjoy your life and, and be respectful and be kind and connected to yourself and others. And like, you can do that whether you're, you know, a barista or whether you're like, Right. Like a janitor or whether you're making adult content. Or- yeah. I want to ask about the experience of making this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, are you having fun? Is mm-hmm. it, are you realizing that it's more work than you thought? Do you have a bad day? Is it hmm. like, what's it like? How's it, how's it filming porn? I mean, essentially you are making, yeah. you're having sex on camera. Yeah, sure. So let's talk yeah. about that part, please. Um, thanks for asking. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, my friend asked me recently, like, is this, does it ever feel awkward? Like, do you ever have, like, awkward moments? And I was like, I've never had a job where I've not experienced awkward moments. Like, <laughs> being alive is an what aw- uh-huh. you know, continuous, <laughs> like, stream of awkward moments that you kind of try to ride gracefully. So, yeah, it's been everything, like, in that regard, just in terms of, like, you know... I think everything that I've that I've done, really what's underneath all of it is the human interaction and like what it means to kind of get in sync with somebody and, and I, I really do love collaborating, you know, in all areas of life. So in terms of just the logistics of like creating content and kind of getting in sync, into sync with somebody both like physically and then, you know, logistically and, and, and collaboratively and professionally, like for kind of, you know, however many weeks or months that you're in dialogue with that person that you just created content with um that i really enjoy and i enjoy like being able yeah to to meet new people and make new connections and so far i've had all pretty much positive experiences great i mean the only kind of negative experiences i've had have not necessarily been around the like the sex part of things it's more just been like flaky people you know or or, you know people that are um not 
as communicative as I would like sure or yeah. you know just stuff that you experience par for the course unfortunately yeah, but, you know, that's everywhere you know <laughs> yeah. that's nothing new to this industry um, yeah. but yeah I think I have a very like we'll talk about human design I guess in a moment but the strongest frequency in my design is is in the the archetype of it's the archetype of sexuality but it's also kind of where um, sustainability and like reproduction and connection like bond making lives it's the tribal energy it's how life gets created is through like deep connection and that is something that like whenever i try to like sort of suppress or hide or deny my my sexuality it always kind of runs amok <laughs> like mm, in yeah, the totally. in the background and you know i'm i'm in a phase of my life that I, like i i i think just like personally my own kind of sexual journey that was sort of running behind the scenes, like concurrent with everything else going on in my life. I had to go through a lot of experiences and I had to make a lot of mistakes and I had to behave recklessly and I had to um, get my heart broken. And like, there's so you know, I still have plenty more of that, but I think it's actually felt satisfying to pull that out of kind of those, those like shadowy realms and bring it into the forefront and, and harness it into like an, a creative offering. You know, like to use my sexual energy to create something. Yeah, and so I re I really do enjoy that aspect of it. Like I enjoy I enjoy the sex, you know, but I I also just enjoy like creating something. Yeah, with, you know, and something that I think going back to what we were saying before, like the scenes that I that I create are magic. Well, yeah, <laughs> obviously, Duh. it's like it's giving abracadabra. It's giving sure. <laughs> um, no, I think like Hocus my younger self, like get it, hocus pocus, yeah, hocus. Um, my younger self, like I think it's 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 the scenes that I kind, it's the type of content that I kind of wished I had been able to view when I was coming up, mainly because I'm in it, you know. So like, just I never saw people that look like me in porn, and even just like I I, I don't know that I ever really saw like genuine connection and like you know intimacy and passion and like uh that the kind of vibe that i strive to bring into what i create so there is sort of this i feel like the way my my own brain is getting re rewired around around sex and porn and all these things being able to bring myself into it um has been i still can't like fully speak to it because it's in process but mm -hmm. i enjoy that aspect of it that's great does that make sense yeah it does okay um, well, we don't have a lot of time left, but we did say we were gonna like. Do, can we do a lightning round about human design? <laughs> do this in like a few minutes. Sure. All right. What do you want to know about human design? I want to know if it. You're like I want. Yeah. What's he, wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. What are these? So we have two charts. Um, Rocky had us ahead of time. We got these. So this one is mine, mm -hmm. and then we have one for Cole. Mm -hmm. What What can you give us in three minutes about <laughs> any of this? Well, I'll share that you know, human design was something that I found about yes. um, two or three years ago at, around a, a, a time where I was going through kind of a lot of tra personal transition. And what I sort of got out of design at that time was a very profound, like a depth of feeling, kind of seen and understood in the way that. And language, I guess, around how I've always felt energetically that I've never fully been able to understand. And what you usually find when you look at someone's designs, the things that you tend to think are wrong with you are the things that, you know, you've been conditioned to think are problematic in terms of how you're supposed to function as a human being, like the ways you've been homogenized to kind of work in opposition to how you're actually designed. So human design is, is you know, it's something I'm trained in. It's something that I, uh, I use a lot, you know, in my, my like coaching practice. 
it's sort of a permission slip. It's a permission slip to relax mm. into how it is you actually are designed to function and to just give you a, a certain level of kind of relief that like actually there's there's nothing wrong with you you know but there there are ways that you've been conditioned out of what's correct for you and that process of discovering who it is you actually are versus who you think you're supposed to be or who you've been told you're supposed to be is a journey and it's it's very much that journey that that led me into the work that I'm doing now so wow. what we all have in common what I will say like all three of us are there's five types five energetic types in human design um, all three of us are uh, the generator type nice um, I believe that Cole you are a manifesting generator um, which just adds like a, a another layer of um, energy flow manifesting generators have a bit more of a multitasking kind of fast-moving pace in terms of how they mm. they co-create um, but all three of us have the same uh, what's called inner authority so one of the goals with human design is to connect you with your own intuition and the way it is that you are sort of designed to make decisions that are correct for you um, generators can very easily be conditioned people pleasers because we have this defined sacral motor that is uh, sort of the uh, the motor that's responsible for life force energy and the sacral motor operates when it's in flow with the frequency or the 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 emotion of satisfaction kind of designed to be guided by satisfaction and when the sacral motor gets jammed up we interpret that as uh, frustration mm. and frustration you know usually means that we're we, we need to pause or like we're trying to force ourselves to do something that isn't right for us um, or we've been conditioned to think it's not appropriate to wait, you know, to just kind of chill and let life come to us. So the strategy for the generator type is is really to get comfortable waiting and to trust that our, our aura, our energy field actually draws things to us for us to respond to. Uh, generators are designed to operate with life uh, through response. And the way that you can sort of uh, discern what you have available energy for based on your response is through listening to your sacral sounds, which all of us make. Um, the, the most obvious example is um, aha and uh-uh, you know? Mm. So, you know, you can go into like the, the chart specifics and everything that it says, you know, it's sort of nice to be kind of read from your chart. It's like, oh, wow, that right. is that is me. But how you actually live your design is really through implementing what's called strategy and authority. So for all of us, it's, you know, wait, not just kind of sit around and do nothing necessarily, but like wait for your body to kind of be compelled towards something and trust that. And if something is, is if something's presenting itself to you that inside is sort of like, mm -mm, that doesn't feel right for me, trust that, you know? So mm -hmm. that's, it's simple, but at the same time you realize when you start to really surrender into that, how conditioned you are to say yes to things that really your body's saying no to. Um, how to force things to, into being because you've been told that your value is connected to your productivity even when the timing really isn't right. But, I mean, that's why I'm here. You asked, you know, yeah. are you available to come be on our podcast? And it was, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we've got to wrap up. Um, you have given us a lot to think about now. now I'm definitely going to, like, like, look into this, how to read this chart myself. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll read it for you. Honey. Yeah, read it for yeah, us. Yeah. We can post it on our Instagram. In the totally. meantime, why don't you tell our audience where else they could find you? I see your ex is Rocky Unleashed with an underscore, your Instagram yeah, just take yeah. note of take note of the the placement of the underscores. Yeah. But um, my my work in uh, I can be found at Rocky Unleashed, you know, OnlyFans, Twitter, and Instagram, and probably other places too. Probably, yeah, I, I'm findable. Okay, yeah, we'll make sure that uh, everyone can find you. 
and uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I know it was kind of this was a dream come true. Yeah, thank you thank for, you. You're the for best. asking me some really interesting <laughs> questions and for giving me a chance to share. Yeah. Now we're going to film together. Yes, please. Because you and I, at least you and I, I can't speak for Cole, but you and I have been building this tension for a long ass time. And Doesn't I'm that make it even better? Yes, but I'm still ready because now it's going to burst. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, Do you want to? I haven't. Mm-hmm. I want to burst. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Do you want to wait any longer? Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Do it right here. Clear no. off I haven't asked you in a while, so I'll ask again. Yes, we're going to promo- we're going to promote it with the uh, release of this episode. You can ask me anytime and you'll get an honest sacral response. <laughs> Sorry for asking. <laughs> Never. Thank you so much Rocky for joining us. Thank you Dakota for being patient. Um, thank you all for listening. I'm Adam Ramsey. I'm Cole Connor. And this has been Sorry, Sorry for, for asking. asking. This has been Sorry for Asking. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And until next time, stay sexy. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 